0: Hi everyone, Lee here. Thank you for watching this week's episode or listening to this week's episode of Leading with Lee. I'm super excited that you are here with me today because I'm gonna talk about something that I've previously talked about before, but I felt like we needed to revisit this subject. So we all right now are being affected by Uh, COVID-19. There've been recent reports in our country about numbers rising and cases going up and we're literally in the in a tale of two crises right now. There's a health crisis and there's a racial crisis here in America. Uh, there have been talks about mass testing and contact tracing. But in some ways, we haven't made much movement on that conversation. We have continuously had people falling on different sides of the issue and engaging in this conversation and wanting to push forward with trying to reopen states. And all these different things are happening Constantly, constantly, constantly. And we're all being affected by that. And right now we're having a conversation about policing in America. We're having a conversation about how certain communities are being affected by decisions that are being made at the local level. And so I thought, Lee, you may want to revisit this conversation. Because as we look at the numbers that over two million people have been affected by the coronavirus and now over 100000 people have died as a result. I think it's time for us to actually look at leadership in a from a crisis perspective and actually engage in a conversation about it. So I have. So I want to share a clip with you It's from a speech that President Obama gave back in 2015, he was talking about Ebola, and these are some of the things that he actually said
1: in that speech. We have to put in place an infrastructure, not just here at home, but globally, that allows us to see it quickly, isolate it quickly, respond to it quickly. So that if and when a new strain of flu like the Spanish flu crops up, five years from now, or a decade from now, we've made the investment. And we're further along to be able to catch it. The funding we're asking for is needed to keep strengthening our capacity here at home so we can respond to any future Ebola cases. It's needed to help us partner with other countries to prevent and deal with future outbreaks and threats before they become epidemics. We were lucky with H1N1, that it did not prove to be more deadly. Uh, We can't say we're lucky with Ebola, because obviously it's having a devastating effect effect in West Africa, but It is not airborne in its transmission. There may and likely will come a time in which we have both an airborne disease that is deadly. And in order for us to deal with that effectively, we have to put in place an infrastructure, not just here at home, but globally, that allows us to see it quickly, isolate it quickly, respond to it quickly. So that if and when a new strain of flu, like the Spanish flu, crops up five years from now, or a decade from now, we've made the investment. And we're further along to be able to catch it. It is a smart investment for us to make. It's not just insurance, it is knowing that down the road we're going to continue to have problems like this, particularly in a globalized world where you move from one side of the world to the other in a day. So this is important now, but it's also important for our future and our children's future and our grandchildren's future. cannot think of a better example of an area where we should all agree than passing this emergency funding to fight Ebola and to set up some of the public health infrastructure that we need to deal with potential outbreaks in the future.
2: You know, a lot of people think that goes away in April with the heat as the heat comes in. Uh, Typically, that will go away in April. This moment, we think we have it very much in hand.
0: Dr. Fauci said earlier this week that the lag in testing was, in fact, a failing. Do you take responsibility for that? Yeah,
2: no, I don't take responsibility at all.
0: You said that you don't take responsibility, but you did disband the White House pandemic office and the officials that were working in that office left this administration abruptly. So what responsibility do you take to that? And the officials that worked in that office said that you that the White House lost valuable time because that office wasn't disbanded. What do you make of that?
2: Well, I just think it's a nasty question because what we've done is, uh, and Tony has said numerous times that uh, we've saved thousands of lives because of the quick closing. Uh, and when you say me, I didn't do it. Uh, we have a group of people I could I could ask perhaps my administration, but I could perhaps ask uh, Tony about that because I, I don't know anything about. Uh, some of the people we cut, they haven't been used for many, many years. And if we, they, if we have a need them, we can get them very quickly. And rather than spending the money and I'm a business person, I don't like having thousands of people around when you don't
0: need them. So in light of that, I just want to share some four things that we can learn today about leading in crisis. So these four things that I want to share, as we reflect on his speech about preparedness, there are four things. Number one, leaders prioritize preparedness. Number two, leaders take responsibility. Number three, leaders are willing to take blame for disappointment. And number four, leaders allow creativity and partnership to find solutions. So let's talk about the first thing. Leaders prioritize preparedness. So no matter what your perspective is of President Obama, we all can agree that he was very thoughtful about this idea of preparing before a crisis happens. Um, During his administration, he created a task force within the National Security Council that specifically was tasked with dealing with global pandemics and unplanned uh, crises that will happen around the world. Now, it since has been disbanded, but the idea was a thoughtful one. And uh, I would even go so far as to say that we could use that even today, right now, as we're dealing with the uh, COVID-19 crisis and having something in place to make a difference in what's happening in our world right now. Now, you may think that that's a big thing, but there's something that you have probably experienced in your own life. Um, personally, I've seen this happen where uh, families have preparedness plans when you have fires or tornadoes or me being from Mississippi, hurricanes, hurricanes. Uh, all of us could say that if we look at our family we would probably say who's going to call 911 who's going to where what place are we supposed to go in the house are we supposed to go in the hallway are we supposed to go in the bathroom like there is a plan that you all have come up with in order for you to address the issue i remember uh, back in 2005 when hurricane katrina happened and my family, my dad immediately had a plan for us. We all went in. He gathered us all, and we went into the hallway and we stood. We sat there for a while, and my dad immediately told my brother and I, "I need you to grab these very specific things. I need you to grab toilet paper. I need you to grab flashlights. I need you to grab candles. I need you to grab a light, a lighter, and all those different things." And that preparedness plan actually protected us because what ended up happening. Uh, tree actually fell on our house. Thank God it didn't destroy our house or anything like that. But that tree falling and us having a preparedness plan actually ensured that none of us got hurt. What leaders do is they prioritize taking care of the people that they're called to lead. Whether it is in government, whether it is in a business, whether it is in a family, we are all required to be prepared to do something that will help the people that we're responsible for. And one thing I need, I think all of us can uh, be encouraged about and really think about is how are we making decisions to help people that is connected to us? It's important that you prioritize their well-being, their health, their physical health, their emotional health. We have a responsibility to the people that we lead, which leads me to my second point that leaders take responsibility. Uh, Passing blame is never a good look for any leader. President Harry Truman had an iconic plaque on his desk that said the buck stops here, meaning it's not going to get past me. I'm the last guy it gets to. And I'm going to ensure that everything that needs to be done in this present moment is going to be taken care of. It is your job as the leader to guide the ship. You have to ensure that the passengers, the crew and the ship itself is safe. Right now, we have an ongoing crisis of police brutality and and inequality that affect black Americans in within our system and what's affecting them every single day. And I recognize as a black man some of the pain and the expectation that my community has for leaders in our cities to prioritize us and not see us as a threat and actually engage us in productive ways. Uh, Many leaders are engaging in that conversation. They're they're reevaluating and taking inventory and they're having moments where they're saying to themselves, we can't keep doing this. We have to take responsibility for our past. We have to recognize that things that we have done in our past has caused us so much pain. It has caused a group of people so much anxiety, people that drive down streets. They don't feel safe in their own communities because they believe that something is going to happen to them. I share with a group of men uh, recently that. Uh, One of the things every time I leave that group, I'm the only black male in that group. And every time I leave that group, one of the things that I deal with is as I'm driving home, I'm thinking about who's behind me. Is a car behind me, a cop car? Is the person that's next to me concerned about my life? Though I love these guys and I engage with these guys every week, I'm thinking about the impact that it has on me and something that you have to do as a leader. It's though you may not be in the same position or walk in the same shoes as someone, you must learn to be empathetic to their story. You must learn to be empathetic and engage them in a way of learning and humility. What we need from leaders is a level of humility that says, I don't know how you feel, but I want to understand. And responsible leaders, leaders that Get the process and know that they have an impact on people's lives. They don't waste time with trying to prove anything. They come in with a listening ear, listening ear and they say, you know what? I'm going to take responsibility for this problem. It's my job. I'm responsible to the people that I'm leading. I'm responsible to ensure that their lives are better. I'm that responsible. Number three. Leaders are willing to take the blame for disappointment. Now, because of coronavirus, we're seeing local governments and businesses uh, take the heat on the way they operate. We've seen this happen uh, so much in our country where people have had so much fatigue by staying home. Uh, Back in April, Business Insider did an article that contained some polls about stay at home and social distancing orders, and they found that 76 percent. Of of Americans supported the measure, while 14 percent was adamantly against it. Last month, we saw how those individuals who there were that were against uh, the stay at home orders were at at state capitals. They were they were making their demands known that, hey, I don't want to stay home. I know that people are getting sick, but I'm not sick. I'm not dealing with this. I'm I'm not facing this. And leaders, because they know that it may disappoint these people, they are willing to stand up and say, hey, look, you may not ever get sick. But the, for the sake of those who are at risk, I'm going to let you hate me. I'm going to allow you to dislike me. I'm going to allow you to have issues with me because I believe that the decision that I'm making right now will benefit the greater amount of people in our cities and societies. And even right now, as I'm sharing this, we are we are having a a, a conflict of beliefs about this issue. The CDC even said that there might be a possible second wave. But people are so driven to do what they want to do and engage in ways you have to think about disappointing folks. You have to think about, hey, it's not about me being liked right now. It's about what's right. It's about the responsibility that I have to the people that I lead. I'm willing to be ridiculed. I'm willing to be questioned. I'm willing to be dismissed. I I I know how that feels. Literally, literally, I work for a financial institution. And throughout this process, we have had to deal with people going off on us, y'all. Like literally screaming and hollering and saying, why can we not come into the lobby? Why do I have to do this through the drive-thru? Why are you requiring all these things of me? And there have been moments where I really want to lose my cool. I really wanted to forget that I had a responsibility to serve these people. And what I was reminded of was, though they might disappoint be disappointed it is my responsibility to do what's best for them when they don't even see it and you and your leadership whether it is in your home whether it is in your job whether you have a position your responsibility is to the people that you are serving and engaging with they may not understand but you have to be okay with it and there are many days oh many days if you ask my co-workers that we wanted to say things that might have hurt people's feelings, but we knew that we needed to do this in order to protect those members. And even right now, as we have opened up the branches a little bit more, we have limited access in our branches. People have to wear a face masks in our branches and people have questioned us. Why are you asking us to do this? Because we believe that it's important for us to protect you and protect our employees to ensure that nobody gets sick. And you got to do that in your leadership. Sometimes your decisions are not going to get you the, the brownie points that you want. And we have leaders in this country right now who want to be patted on the back. They want everybody to like them. But sometimes hard decisions are the best decisions. And we need leaders that are willing to make those type of decisions. My last point, leaders allow for creativity and partnership to find solutions. Now, in the midst of everything that's going on, uh, businesses have been pushed to do different things. They've been pushed to expand certain aspects of their business that they had never expanded before. They've been pushed to consider some different ways and technologies to actually be more productive and actually uh, make progress in the way they want to. And it's caused partnership to happen between businesses. There have been some companies that have started having conversations and saying, hey, you have expertise in this and we have our expertise in this. And, and we both can mutually benefit from a partnership and uh, we have shared interests. We want to make money. So let's collectively come together and let's be an asset to each other so that the people that we get the products to our customers can be satisfied, that they won't go without lack because many of them are at home. Those of you who might be watching or listening right now, you might be still at home looking for a job, trying to figure out the next phase of your life. This is the best opportunity for you to become creative through partnership, through relationships with people and engage in the process where you can make a difference in your space and in your world. A way that they have done this is they've expanded Carry out at certain restaurants and curbside uh, pickup, uh, even other uh, contactless methods to do things that would help uh, people in communities. And many companies have gone as far as to give money to certain issues, systemic issues. They've given money to organizations so that they can better combat the coronavirus. Some companies that have never created masks have masks now. They're finding ways to make money and meet the needs of people. They're moving through partnership to ensure that folks get what they need. And that's an amazing thing. And you as a leader, you can do that. You have a great opportunity right now to ensure that people are beneficiaries of the smart decisions you make. Your creativity is the key for the future. Your creativity could be the door by which the next great move or the next great industry comes because you made a decision. You made a decision to give up your time and your talent to things that you care about. We're seeing how companies and businesses are addressing the issue of systemic racism when it comes down to policing right now. We're seeing organizations and activists and and business people and politicians and different entities come together and have conversations about how is this institution working for the betterment and the fulfillment of its purpose and also the productivity of certain communities. Let's look at the process and these engagements and these conversations have ensured that people are benefiting from what's happening. And I believe that through engagement and research, leaders can do what needs to be done and they can innovate in their process. And we need you to take the lead. The world needs you to take the lead. So the last thing I want to say to us is we must remember that leadership has a price. It has a price. It is not about adoration It is not about praise. It is about people. It has always been about people. You can't lead when it's convenient. Leadership is not about convenience. You can't lead when everybody likes you. You have to lead at all times. True leadership is consistent. Thoughtful, caring, adaptable, and humble. It is not about getting points. Because that's not leadership. That's not leadership. It's about you doing the right thing. It's not about money. It is not about power. It is not about your own personal success. We have way too much of that going on right now. People are so concerned about themselves. What we need in our leaders is leaders that care about people. It's always been about people. People are the foundation in which organizations are built. Don't start a company if you don't care about people. Don't run for office if you don't care about people. Don't join an organization or a, a, a community if you don't care about what happens to those people. Don't move into a community if you don't care. Don't waste your time. Don't waste our time. We need you. We need you. We need you to be focused on how can I contribute? How can I do something that will help the people in this community? How can I make other folks' lives better? That's what I want to do. I want to be a productive citizen. I can't speak for anybody else. But even as I'm talking about leading in crisis again, I want to be someone who is productive and cares about how my impact uh, affects other people. How would I think affects other people? What am I saying? What, what's coming out of my mouth when I'm posting things on social media? Is it positive? Positive. Is it motivating? Is it inspiring? Is it transforming people's lives for them to believe that they can make a difference in the world? This is what we need. I'm revisiting this because I'm seeing too many leaders not take responsibility for the things that's going on in our world right now. And then there are leaders who have the gall and the wisdom to say, you you know what, I'm going to do whatever it takes. There, there, there's a there's the number of leaders I can talk about right now. We well, don't choose not to. Who have done some things. That have literally benefited their countries and their communities significantly. Quickly, they didn't wait to see if people were going to agree with them or not. They didn't wait and see if if uh, OK, do I have the votes? Do I have the folk that I that I like? Do a, a, am I waiting for everybody to like me? They did what was necessary and it helped the communities at large. In your company, in your business, whether you have one right now or not, you need to focus. I encourage you. I beseech you. That's a church word. I encourage you to really think about what am I doing and how is it impacting the people that I say that I want to serve? Have some courage. Have courage. Don't be afraid. We need you to be yourself. We need you to lead. Because the world is lacking leadership. Thank you for watching or listening to this week's episode of Leading with Lee. I hope that you are inspired, equipped, and empowered. If you haven't done it yet, subscribe today. And to get updates about all the things that I'm doing, connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Lee A. Scott II or Lee A. Scott II. I hope that you'll tune in for the next episode of Leading with Lee. Much love and let's get started.